Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. Good morning, church. So I'm Kira, and how good is it seeing videos like that? Seeing the impact that we actually have as a church when we give in and we sow, whatever it is, it has such an impact. And that is what I have the privilege of speaking to you guys about today, is empowering people as part of our Vision Builder series. And at first, when Pastor Sean asked me to share a word on Vision Builders, I was honestly really nervous because I am a 19-year-old and I generally haven't had a whole lot of interest in finances and pledge cards. But as I've been studying and preparing and praying for this word... I've come to realise that Vision Builders is about so much more than just a pledge card. Vision Builders is the time when we get inspired and empowered as a church to continue building on the visions and the foundations that have been laid before us and about realising that we are at the middle of our Vision Builders book. We're at the middle of our book as a church. And as I was sitting there during worship, I was actually looking at this book. And how good is this? So Lydia, one of our next generation, she does all of the graphic design and social media for our church. How good are these books, guys? So good. And she's on worship today. She's everywhere. But I was looking through this book. And actually, if you flick it open, empowering people is in the middle of the book. And I'm talking today about how we're in the middle of our book. So it's good. Now, today, I'm going to be sharing off the scripture in Deuteronomy 31, and it's a fair chunk of passage, but it's the foundation to our message. So we're going to go through that in a a minute, but before we do that, let's pray. Thank you, God, for everyone in this room today. Thank you, Lord, that it is by your design and your purpose that we have all joined here with one another in this building. Thank you, God, that you're giving us open ears to listen open minds to understand what you're trying to say to us and open hearts to receive it. Thank you, Lord, that it is all of you. Amen. All right, now if you have your Bibles today, open it up to Deuteronomy 31 verse 1. And it is back in the Old Testament, but it really articulates the journey that Moses, who is an Old Testament guy, went with Joshua in leading the Israelites out of their oppression in Egypt. So we'll go through it all. Let's start off from verse 1. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua And said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, 
For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. So what we can see here from this scripture already is the passing on of an inheritance from Moses to Joshua. And before we go any further, I actually want to clarify what this word inheritance means. Because it's easy to just think that it's the money that you get from your great-grandpa Joe. But it's not. When we talk about inheritance, we're actually talking about the biblical inheritance. And that refers to the spiritual provisions and promises and blessings from God which are passed on. And more to that point, it talks about the special relationship that is formed between the benefactor, which in this case is Moses, so the person passing on the inheritance, and the recipient, which is Joshua, the person receiving the inheritance and building on the inheritance. And so I'm actually going to put ourselves in the shoes of both Moses and Joshua today so that we can really understand the role that we all have to play. Now, Moses, the benefactor in this story, he has started off carrying this load and forming this vision that he got from God. So his vision, for those of you who don't know, his vision was to lead the Israelites, a group of people, out into the promised land. And he held this vision for over four books of the Bible. And he was 120 years old. So I'm just going to take a guess that he had been doing this for a long time. And so he'd been leading these people through battles, through wars, through everything that came at them with the vision of this promised land. And then somewhere along the line, God told him that he would no longer be the person to get to go to the promised land. And then instead, Joshua, this new person, would take the Israelites in without him. Now, from a completely human point of view, I read this and I was like... (laughs) Well, (laughs) I would be mad if I had just put in so much effort, all of my time, everything into a group of people with the promise of, of this land and I didn't get to go in, I would have been really mad. It's like you go to the shopping center. Imagine with me, church. You go to this shopping center and you write out everything that you need. And then you spend time going through every single aisle, getting all of your products that you need filling up your trolley, going, standing in the line, swiping your card, paying for your ingredients. And then the person behind you comes out, takes your ingredients and goes to their car. Would you be mad? I think I'd be mad, guys. Come on, help the preacher preach. I would be so angry if that happened to me. But instead of Moses getting salty with God and turning away and stopping what he was doing, Moses was the person who actually helped Joshua take his groceries to Joshua's car. Moses helped him because Moses was passing on the baton to Joshua. And it's like when you're in a relay race, there's this transition period between the first runner and the second runner where there's the passing of the baton. And the first runner doesn't just stop in their tracks and finish the race. There's actually that period of time where they're running together. They're running in sync with one another. And this is exactly what we can see Moses doing with Joshua, is that he ran with him. He didn't just stop because his time was done and because he was already had sown in so much. He actually kept going and he kept running and he kept empowering into Joshua so that Joshua could then be equipped to go and see the promised land. 
And let's break it all down here. The question that we have to ask ourselves as we put on the shoes of Moses is firstly, what inheritance are we passing on? What is in our hand that we are actually passing on? And it doesn't have to be a ministry that we're leading or a big thing that we're doing. It could be an attitude, an attitude of servanthood or a, a pattern of encouraging people over text or buying people coffees or praying. Whatever it is, it is in your hand and it's up to us to actually pass it on. And the second question that we have to ask ourselves is are we going to run alongside the person who we're giving it to? Are we going to continue to sow into the person who we have passed on to, to make sure that they are set up for success, they are equipped and they are empowered to go on and build on what we have laid? Now, we're going to step into the shoes of Joshua, who, again, if we relate back to the biblical inheritance, he is the recipient. He is the person who has received this vision and he's received the Israelites from Moses and he's been told, all right, go, now you're leading. And the thing that I find from this passage is that Joshua didn't get this inheritance and stop and sit there and have a holiday. Moses actually told him, you will go with the Israelites. And in the Good News Translation, it actually says, you will lead my people. This language is not negotiable. It doesn't sound like he has an option. He's being told you're going to go and you're going to fight battles and you're still going to have to work for it, but you're going to do it in God's strength. In that passage that we read, it says two times on two separate occasions and then throughout the rest of the chapters, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord goes with you. So yes, Joshua, you have got a a battle to win. You've got a journey to keep going with the inheritance. But God is going to be with you. And God is going to do it in his strength. And chapters 6 to 12 of the book of Joshua are actually a beautiful story of this journey that Joshua still had to go through. In chapter 6, for example, the battle of Jericho. God told Joshua to walk around this city seven times in order for the walls to fall. But he didn't just say to Joshua to go. He asked Joshua to bring the whole land of the Israelites along with him to march around the city. And I don't know about you, but trying to get a whole bunch of people who are complaining and whiny to march in the hot sun around a city, I don't think it would have been an easy task to do. But Joshua did it. Imagine if he had sat back and tapped out and said, no, you go. He wasn't empowering people. Through God, when God called him and God gave him the task to keep going and Moses actually was running alongside him going, this is what to do. This is how we lead people. This is how we pray into people. This is how we empower people. That was how Joshua took the Israelites, did it and won the victory. Because Moses empowered him. Moses ran alongside him and they did it together. He didn't do it alone. And church, it matters that we do it together. We are a team, a relay team, if you like, and we have to do it together. Half of us are not done while the other half take over. 
We're actually called, every single person in this room, every single person watching online is called for a specific reason, for a specific purpose to come and bring and sow into our church so that we can go out and empower people, not just in our building, but in our community and in the other cities and in other nations. We have a role to play together as a team. And I've been able to see this in the C3 Kids ministry that I've been privileged to be a part of. It started at this church in leadership with Chris and Amy Richardson, who built it from the ground and dreamt and had vision and created what it is. And then they were called to hand it over to the Kinneys. And the Kinneys followed in their footsteps and kept building and kept investing so much with that same vision. And then the Kinneys handed over to Jacques and Eunice, who again continued to sew in and run alongside the Kinneys and learn from those who had gone before and sew into our church. And then the transition happened from Jacques and Eunice to Jana and Dan. And they, just like those who had gone before them, put in time, money, effort, prayers, and they continue to build on the foundations that have been laid before them. And now I've been privileged to step into that role. And now I am called alongside my incredible team to continue building in on the vision that has been passed to me. I'm not called to stop and I'm not called to sit back and say, well, that's good enough. I'm called to learn from those who have gone before me from every single person who has put something into it, who has been part of creating the vision and creating what it is today and to run with that, run alongside them into the future, writing the next chapters of our church as a team alongside everyone else who has gone before me. And as I was praying into this and God was kind of showing me this, it really called out my attitude that I've worked hard enough. Because I don't know about you and you don't have to put up your hands. But sometimes I get to church and I think, well, I serve almost every weekend. I put in a lot. I tithe regularly. And I see other people who don't. But let me be clear, church, that is not about the other people. That's about my attitude and how my attitude is wrong. And God showed me that. God, God told me that I was wrong in that. But he didn't just leave me there at that place he actually showed me a revelation in the name Vision Builders. It's Vision Builders. You get vision, we get vision, and we build on it. You can't have vision without builders. We have to actually take the vision that has been passed on to us. We have to sow into the vision and we have to continue walking it out and building on that vision. We have a role to play. It is an active thing that we have to do, church. It is an active thing. And if we think about this relay race metaphor again, what, what sh shape is the, is the track? It's an oval, isn't it? If we draw an oval, there is no distinct ending. And so as much as it probably tires you out thinking about it, church, we're called to run around and around and around and around. We are not called to finish our race. God actually calls us in the scripture to continue our race until the day of completion. He calls us to keep running, to keep passing on inheritance to those around us and building into those around us and running with those around us. 
And he also calls us to take what people have given to us and continue building on it and continue inspiring and continue praying and believing and envisioning for what the future is, all the while writing the next chapters together alongside one another. And whether you have been here for 25 years sewing in or whether this is your first Sunday, we have an equal role to play. We are called to be both a Moses and a Joshua with exactly what is in our hand. Your time is not over. You're not done. You're not finished. With what is in your hand, how big or how small you may feel, God actually uses that and he sows the seeds and he makes it work for his calling. And each one of us has to work together because we all have a unique role to play. I've been privileged also to see this in the academy program. I was last year's academy student along with three others and it started off three years ago with one. Pastor Sean and Pastor Morella came to our church with the vision of academy, just on a Vision Builder Sunday like this. And they asked you, they asked us to partner with them in sewing into the vision. And we did. And then we had Sam come all the way from England and now leading our youth ministry, all because of Academy. And then last year, you guys continued to support the vision again. We all continued to carry it and sew into it and run with it. And then there was four of us Academy students. And I've been privileged to lead the C3 Kids Ministry and do this. And Laura, beautiful Laura, she leads our entire convention centre through the week. Caleb, he is a young adults leader and he also made the entire online church happen for us so that we could continue to get connected to God through COVID. And Travis is out in our community helping the vulnerable and helping people who don't have a home. He's actually out there meeting the need where it is. And now, this year, we have seven Academy students. And one of them is here today, Bailey. She leads the youth band. This entire team, she leads. And it's because you guys have sewn into us. You guys have actually believed with us. You've believed in us. You've seen what we can do, what we're already doing. And you've partnered with the church. You've partnered with the vision to empower people and you haven't stopped and you haven't sat back and let everyone else do it. You guys have come along for the journey and we've been writing the chapters together. We've been doing it together and this is the fruit. This is the fruit of that church. And Academy is one example. There are so many incredible examples in our church. But what I want us to get out of this is that feeling of empowerment that God is actually calling us. He's calling us now. He's calling us for this season. And He's calling us to be Moses and Joshua, both of them, to different people in different ways, both a Moses and a Joshua, to all write this next chapter of our book together, to dream together, to pray together to actually think about what God is doing in this city and this state and this country. God is asking us to come along the ride and to be active and walk into it together.
So I'm actually going to ask you guys to be bold today. And if you feel that God is speaking to you and prompting on your heart, maybe it's a change of your role, or maybe it's a new mindset about what you have to do. I'm actually going to ask you to be bold and stand. And stand with the church. If I had a seat here, I would be standing. As recognition that we are in this together, church. We are in this. We are riding this next chapter. We are buckling on our seatbelt and God is going to race around the track with us and we're going to do it together. No, Not one of you is done. We are going to do this together. We're going to learn from one another. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to equip each other and we are going to empower one another. So I encourage you, those of you who feel led, stand with me and then we're going to pray as a congregation together. Because this is powerful. When we all share the same value, the same vision, the same sense of empowerment, stuff happens. God moves. God is here. He sees it. He recognises it. And He is calling on us today. He's saying, thank you, faithful servants. Thank you, faithful people in my church. Thank you for what you're doing, what you will do, what you have done. Thank you. God, I just pray for everyone in this room today. From the young to the old, Lord God, I thank You that we are Yours, that we are called by You, that we are loved by You, Lord. That no matter what season of our lives we are, we have a part to play. God, that we are writing this chapter together. You're empowering us to do it alongside one another. You are giving us the tools in our hand, God. Lord, what is in us is enough. God, You will do Your work in our lives, God. And I thank You. I thank You that You've called us for this time, God. I thank You for what You have done and what You are doing right now and what You are going to do with the next chapters of our beautiful church, Lord. Thank You. We praise You for this. Thank You for everyone in this room, Lord God, for everyone standing and everyone sitting, Lord. Thank You that we are all going to write the next chapter together. Thank You, Lord. So I just want us to praise, church. As we go back into a time of worship, I want us to praise and give thanks to God for what He's doing in us, through us, and through the people sitting beside us in these red chairs. God, look look around you. This, everything, one another is because of our obedience, is because of our faithfulness and is because God has taken what we've given in. No matter how small, no matter how big, God has taken what we've given and He has made things move. He has made things happen. And He is loving what we're doing by empowering one another. So let's praise Him today. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.